Gathering from the sermon series, Community, spoken by Pastor Doug Cho. We are celebrating baptism today. We are celebrating people coming to faith today, declaring their faith to the Lord. What a beautiful, glorious day it is today. Amen. Amen. And what a privilege and honor it is to come together as a community of believers, to share in this together, right? Because you are not passively watching the baptism happening. You are witnessing their declaration. And what that means for us as the Christian community, it means that we are committing to guarding them, to walking with them, and to really upholding them, encouraging them, exhorting them, walking them through as we run this race together. And I hope that you can really commit to that. Because as we share today, man, the spirit is here. The spirit of the living God is here. Amen. And so we're going to continue to talk about community in our community series. And I want to go back for a second. Because when we started this series, we kicked it off with a basic understanding of the theology for Christian community. Basically what that means is we're trying to understand where does God fit in the community of the believers? How does God work into this? And Pastor Peter and Pastor Sunita, they gave us this basic foundation that we have. It was really simple. It's that Christ united his people and we are united in him. It is that Christ united his people and we are united in him. United in Christ, meaning we are united in his death, united in his resurrection, in his grace, in his mercy, filled with his spirit, united as we are declared righteous, united as we approach him. Did you know that you can approach the living God? I feel like that word God is so watered down nowadays. That the word God doesn't really mean much. Do we understand that God means the one who created the universe? The one who watches over. The one who is almighty, who is sovereign, who is king of kings, who is lord of lords. That we can approach him and that we can be with him. That the cosmic reality that the Christian lives under is that we are called to commune with God. Be in community with God. That the veil was torn and that God opened up a way for us to enter in. And when we sit with him, when we spend time, we literally spend time with the Lord over the cosmos. That is the power of the Christian community. That we are united with him is such a big reality here. That as believers, we sit with God face-to-face like a friend, like Moses did in Exodus. That is Christ. That is the reality of community. United with God means that we are united to him as his people, and that means we are united to each other as one people. That is why there's so much call in Scripture to live together in community. So much burden to bear each other's burdens, to rejoice with those who rejoice, to mourn with those who mourn, to fight for injustice, to live into that power. And so we as a church leadership, we saw this and we were like, wow, we have a lot of work to do as a community. 
And so one thing we did was we decided we're going to invest this whole year focusing on community. And we did two things. We launched our community groups project. And this project was really to bring together our people in any way possible. Let it be Bible study, activity groups, hiking groups, like sightseeing groups, eating groups, whatever it might be. We wanted to create as many opportunities as we could for people to come together, to get to know each other. We called on our partners at our church, the members of our church, to share their interests. And we did not realize how many people loved fire pits. So many people love fire pits. I know a guy, he will fire pit 365 days of the year if he could. It doesn't matter what the weather is, cold, hot, he will light a fire in his backyard. It's really strange. But I dig it. Fire pits. Fire pits as a, man, of, of a means for people to get together. My wife the other day was like, we should get a fire pit. And I was like, you know, perhaps. Fire pits. We launched a community group series. And we talked about what scripture talks about community, Christian community, the enemies of community, hospitality, forgiveness in community, kindness in community. In a few weeks, Pastor Sunita is going to give us a word about service in community. But for today, today we're going to talk about one simple question. We're going to ask, what is the purpose of gathering together? What does the Bible say? about us coming together? Real simple question, real simple answer. I'm going to give it to you right now before we go into our text. Scripture says the purpose of gathering is to find Christ and to be Christ. That's it. Scripture tells us that the purpose of gathering is to find Christ and to be Christ. And we've really overcomplicated this as a people. We have really overcomplicated this. I think because of social and cultural norms that we are living under today, we have severely overcomplicated what gathering is as a Christian community. Last week, Pastor Peter, he spoke on kindness. And he gave us three ways to be kind. Invest your time, talents, and treasures. Investments into the body of Christ. But these are also ways that we can encounter him. Because You see, church, I think that as a people, we are very good at being generous with our treasures. We know, we, we feel the burden of the tithe and we put it forth. But man, we are lacking in being generous with our time and our talents. Because time and talents require presence. They require your presence to be here with us together. Your presence is crucial to community. Much of the church, much of the church, and this is not just our church, the capital C church, all over. They have seen it fit that we need to fit the consumer mentality. That we need to repackage our sermons into 60, 90 minute things on a Sunday. Because that's all God deserves once a week. And we begin to cater our services to the masses. Friends, spectator faith is killing our community. You are called to participate in worship. We participate in worship together. This is not a one-man show, a couple-man show. This is all of us together in worship. We are spiritual people, and as spiritual people, we're called to participate in the relationship that we have with the Father. Transactional faith, consumer faith, is killing the community of Christ. What can I get out of this place? 
what does this place have for me? Does that sound biblical to you? The Apostle Paul demonstrates this idea of seeking Christ and being Christ to his community. I love it when he writes his second letter to Timothy. Because when he talks to Timothy, he says, I'm going to encourage you right now. And he encourages him. He exhorts him. He guides him. He teaches him. He gives him advice about his church. And then at the end, because Paul was in jail at the time, he was about to be executed, Paul says, Timothy, can you maybe, can you visit me? Can you be Christ to me as well? That is the example that we have for our church. It is to find Christ and to be Christ. So we're going to look at a psalm today. And I'd like for us, before we study the psalm, I want us just let's meditate on that psalm today. I, I really feel that the spirit is moving today. Let's bow our heads and just sit under that. Let's pray. I'm just going to make a couple declarations over this service right now. That Lord, your spirit would fall upon your people. Lord, there are those here that have lost ones, loved ones. There are those here who have lost things, precious things, lost jobs, lost friends, lost community. There are those of us here who are grieving, who do not know your power, who are spiritually dry. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would fall on them and that they would be enraptured in your presence, Lord. That they would know the intimacy of your spirit right now in this place, God. Would your hand be upon them? Would you anoint them? And I pray, Lord, that they would experience the undeniable reality of the living God. Lord, we know you are here. We know that you are in this place. I pray, Lord God, that you would be glorified here that your worship would be pleasing unto you, that your word would be spoken, hearts would receive. We pray, Lord God, that you would be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. We're going to go through this verse by verse. Verse 1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. We're going back here to our theological foundation. Once again, united in Christ, united together. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together. It is a good and pleasant thing to be together in Christian community. Bonhoeffer calls it the roses and lilies of life. 
that when we come together as a church, it is good, it is pleasant, it is rest for the soul. You see, Bonhoeffer's perspective of the Christian life was that we were called to be on mission, just like Christ was called to be on mission. Called to be with the enemy. Called to be with those who do not know Christ. Called to be with those who do not agree with your stance on spiritual foundation and eternity. Called to be with those who are not same-minded as you are. But when we come together as a Christian community, when we come together as a church, it is roses and lilies. It is an oasis to the soul. Coming together like this is rest. Ministering to each other, that's rest. Rebuking each other's sin, that's rest. That's care. That's love. Because it is the unity that we hold in God that ties us together, breaks down the walls of hostility. That is what we are called to as a church. The author of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 10. In light of the work that Jesus Christ had done on the cross for us. So this is verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. When the author of Hebrews says good deeds, it is exhorting each other, encouraging each other, sharing all that we have, giving to those in need, coming together, breaking bread together, all things that require generosity, kindness, participation, and presence. Required to be here. The nature of our faith is communal. It is communal. Like we saw baptism is communal. Communion is communal. Worship as a service is communal. See, solitude is a beautiful practice in faith. Sometimes it's necessary. But faith cannot be done in solitude. There is no such thing as the Christian walk just inside of your family. We are called to come together. Verse 24, he says, do not give up meeting together, but encourage each other. I think this is more relevant than ever, especially during this pandemic time. For those of you who have been watching online for the past few years, it hasn't even, it's not months now, it's years people have been watching online. When will you come and bless us with your presence? When will you come and bless the community with who you are? We need you here. We need you here. We're going to have a family lunch today. We got a lot of food. And yeah, we need you to eat it, but we need you here. We need you here together because breaking bread is a holy thing. That's why I love, I think Jesus, Jesus just knew. 
He was just so good at giving time to people. Taking time out of his way, making a tangent, going somewhere to give someone time. Seeing somebody there, breaking bread with them. That is our Lord and Savior. And if Christ can do it, I think we should do it too. We're called to break bread together. We need you here. Verse 2. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. Living together in unity is like oil. See, in Scripture, oil is a sign of the presence of the Spirit of God. Oil is a sign of the presence of the Spirit of God. What that means is that when we gather, when we live in unity together, the presence of God is with us. The presence of God is here. The presence of God is upon you, dripping down the beard and collar. See, this is not just a little bit of oil being placed on. This is an anointing. This is a pouring of oil onto Aaron right here. That dripping down, that's a sign of abundance. When we live together in unity, there is an abundance of the presence of God upon us when the body comes together in this way. When we are gathered, we are covered in that presence. Oil running down on Aaron's beard. Aaron was the first high priest called to Israel. He was anointed in this way. This oil is an anointing on the people of God when we live together in unity. Just like Christ was our high priest, and through Christ, we became his royal priesthood. We are all called to be each other's priest. Did you know that? We are called to be each other's priest. You seek community to find Jesus. You enter community to be Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. That is its primary purpose. That's it. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, he writes in Life Together, this quote. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. Scripture never speaks about fulfilling your own agenda for community. A lot of times we look for churches, we shop for churches based on fit and needs, which is actually okay, right? It's fine. You know, some people, they want an excellent worship band. Some people want amazing kids and youth programs. Some people want engaging speakers. Some people want specific friend groups, married friend groups. Some people are looking for single men and single women. I was. <laughs> I think that's fine. I think that's okay. Just don't stalk someone. But when these preferences become the thing, the only thing, the church will always disappoint you. You will never be happy with the church. The community will never look the way you want. It will never speak the way you want, fulfill you the way you want, function the way you want. You will end up bitter and unsatisfied, I promise you. And you will most likely leave to find another church, hoping that that church will better satisfy you you will continue 
to be a spectator and a consumer in your faith. But if you stay, or when you stay, because you found Christ somewhere, because you desire to be Christ somewhere, because Christ has spoken to you somewhere, you become a true source of community. And you'll actually find that instead of looking to be inserted into community, your community will grow around you. That is the model that Jesus set out for us. Verse 3. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Mount Hermon is the largest mountain in that area of the world. It's in the, like near Lebanon. And even uh, in times of drought in Palestine, so it gets really dry in Palestine, the vegetation would disappear because of the lack of water. The coolness of the mountain at night would produce so much dew that if you slept there, you would wake up drenched in water. It, was, it would be like you took a shower. And that dew relieved the drought and the dryness of the land there. The author writes this because they're saying, just as the dew tasted from living together in community relieves the drought and the dryness of the land, living in community relieves the drought and the dryness of our soul. That is what that is. That dryness is relieved with one another. It is a reminder of God's blessing to us, even the blessing and promise of eternal life. Living in community by seeking Jesus and being Jesus is an abundant showering of God's spirit when life is a desert. It is water to a thirsty soul. And I got to tell you, right now my conviction is there are so many things to be really pissed off about nowadays. There's so much loss personally. There's so much grief personally. And there's so much trauma personally. But then outside of us, there's so much loss globally. There's so much frustration globally. There's so much division globally. There's so much happening in this world. How can we not be inundated with tragedy over and over and over again? When do we stop praying prayers of mourning and grief? This world is full of sin. This world is full of sin. When you go out into the world, it is spiritual warfare. It is light in darkness. We are on mission. And that is why when we come together as a group, as a believer community, it is the roses and lilies of life. It is loving on each other. It is protecting one another. It is holding each other up when things are hard, when God feels far. 11 years ago, I came with a cinder of faith. 
Uh, I, I came to this church and, you know, back then finding community wasn't easy either. I didn't know anyone. But I kept coming because I was learning about a Jesus that I didn't really know about. And I kept learning about him, so I just, I, you know, I would come. I would come and go, in and out, in and out. I received my call to ministry at this church. And, you know, Pastor Peter and Pastor Kevin, they walked me through that calling. I've lived out a tumultuous journey with my family at this church. And many of you know the work and the reconciliation and the redemption of the relationship that I have with my father. Many of you know that. If you don't know that, feel free to ask me. I'll talk to you about it. No problem. Many of you know so much. A few weeks ago, I found out that my dad's cancer spread from his kidneys to his stomach, to his bladder, to his spine. And you know, the grief, it comes and goes. Because he looks fine. He sounds fine. He doesn't look sick. But we know he's dying. They say uh, if he does nothing, he has about six months to live. And four months before the tumor on his spine crushes it. And if you know me, I have very few regrets when it comes to my dad. Because we have done so much work fighting, forgiving, reconciling, trying to come together, understanding each other. And I have had so many people here comfort me, push me forward, encourage me, rebuke me. But his eternity weighs heavily on me. He's not a believer. You know, I was going through a phase about five or six years ago. I was really questioning if God could do anything. God, can you do anything? I, I don't think so. I was really questioning if God could breathe life into my parents' marriage. Or if God could bring salvation to my father's soul. I prayed that prayer. I prayed, I said, God, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe this. And as I was worshiping, he gave me a vision for my dad. Kind of feels like a silly vision now. But he gave me a vision of my dad getting baptized in this tub right here in front of my church. And I held on to that vision. I held on to that vision. But I got to confess to you right now. It really feels impossible now. It's really starting to feel like it's impossible. So, you know, I, I do have times of laughter. I laugh. But church, I'm dry. I experience joy. But my soul is in drought. 
It is a dark night for me. Mike Hong, you know, when he got baptized, they looked at Henry and they said, you get to witness your father being baptized. And I felt so much envy towards this little kid. Because he got to watch his dad be baptized here. So, my church community. I'm going to invite you to be my community today. Would you take up your calling as priests? And would you pray for my father? Would you pray for his soul? Would you pray for his salvation? And would you pray for those who are sitting next to you? For those who have lost loved ones? For those who are struggling in their marriage? For those who are struggling with pain, with grief? Would you celebrate with those who are next to you? Would you pray for those looking for guidance? Would we be that community instead of consumers? Would we be the saints of the church? See, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. But all I know is that if you're looking for Jesus and looking to be like Jesus, you will find more than you'll ever need. Let's pray together. Eugene Peterson describes Psalm 124 uh, as a brazen and vigorous psalm. I, I don't actually remember the whole psalm, but the psalm is summarized in this. It's God never left. And when Israel sings this psalm, it is a declaration remembering God's faithfulness over them. It is a declaration of faith in times of hardship, in times of grief, in times of struggle, in times of desert. It's hard right now to be brazen. But I'm going to do it. And I'm with you. So right now, um, I just want to invite you. If there's something in your life, you're struggling to see the power of God. If there's an area in your life where you're just struggling to witness that, I'm doing it right now. Raise your hand with me. And as we pray together, I want you to know, brother, sister, you are not alone. Let us walk this race 
run this race, crawl this race together. You can put your hands down. Let's pray. God, we declare your goodness in this place. I pray, God, for those who have experienced loss, for those who are struggling, would you put a new song on their lips? Lord, as you grieve with them, help them to find joy, to remember your goodness. I pray in faith, Lord, you are moving. You are moving, God. And you are still moving. That you prepare rooms before we enter them. That you go before, you go behind. You guide us. Your lamp is a light to our feet. So would you move, Spirit of God? Fall upon your people. Give them revelation of you. Convict them. Bring souls to you, Lord. And as the saints cry out, as we worship you, God, as we serve you, as we toil, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to speak life over to you, over your people. Hallelujah, Lord. Bring water to our souls. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.